1: Welcome back into the Fantasy Football Sunday Podcast. I am your host, Steven Serta. Dusty Likens is out today. He's having some car troubles. Uh, we will have Dusty Likens back next week. Normally, we do a waiver pickup thing on Monday. Then we kind of have some matchups and stuff, previews, uh, later on in the week. Uh, you know, having car troubles, I was I was sick on Monday, so we did not get a waiver wire episode up for you guys, but I mean, I'm gonna go over some of that stuff if you haven't put in your moves yet, most leagues don't do moves until Thursday, some do them on Wednesdays, so some of you already probably got your information somewhere, if you did, if you didn't, I will try to update some of that for you as we go along here This afternoon, but we do have some big news coming out this morning. Uh, Ian Rapport reporting that the Chargers might get Melvin Gordon back this week. It's not confirmed that he's for sure going to be back, but they think that uh, there's optimism that he is going to show up to the Chargers facilities this week. Uh, If he does, that means that he's not going to play this week. Thank the Lord, because I was primed and ready with a bunch of shares to ride these Chargers running backs against the Dolphins, which is what we know for a fact is one of the absolute best matchups in fantasy football for running backs going against the Dolphins. Cowboys had Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard rush for over 100 yards against them. One of the, the they are the worst team in the NFL uh, for sure. The worst rushing defense, one of the worst defenses overall. Uh, you want to you want to play against the Dolphins every single week. So, thankfully, if Melvin Gordon does come back to the facilities, he is not going to be active this week. So you at least, if you're an Austin Eckler owner and you didn't get Melvin Gordon in your fantasy drafts, thank God you at least got one more week where you know I can start Austin Eckler this week. He's going to put up RB1 production against the worst possible team he could possibly be playing. I am playing Justin Jackson in the league this week as well because of what Tony Pollard and Zeke did to them last week. There's going to be opportunity for them to do that again this week. Chargers desperately need a win against this terrible Dolphins team. So deploy Austin Eckler right now, unless you're a little comfy at running back. Like, you know, in one league, I've got Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook, and Marlon Mack. I am pretty comfortable with those three running backs I don't think that I need to make a move. Those are three workhorse caliber running backs. Now, let's say I had Ezekiel Elliott and Dalvin Cook and an Austin Eckler. Well, yeah. I, I'm still pretty comfortable with those top two. Uh, you know, depending on my wide receiver situation. Obviously, I want Austin Eckler for the Miami Dolphins this week, but he's going to lose all of his value if Melvin Gordon comes back, right? Like, he's still going to have value. I shouldn't say all of his value. He's still going to have a little bit of value because, as we saw last year, he was a guy that you could still put into your lineup and get weekly production out of. It just wasn't you know, running back one type of production. you know. And maybe the Chargers are so impressed with what Austin Eckler has done that he's going to carve out a bigger role in this thing than we understand even when Melvin Gordon does come back. But Melvin Gordon's the better player. Right? Like Austin Eckler's been fantastic, but Melvin Gordon is the better player. So you have to assume that Melvin Gordon's going to take over that number one running back type of workload once he gets the opportunity or once he returns to the team. So there's a scenario here where if someone's willing to give me something reasonable for Austin Eckler, I'm doing it. Like if I've got Austin Eckler and, you know, my receivers aren't great, or, you know, er, completely eliminating that, actually. That's not even the scenario I'm looking for. If I'm just trying to unload Austin Eckler because I'm terrified Melvin Gordon's about to come back and he's going to lose 50% of his snaps. You know, and, and assuming we don't know that Melvin Gordon's in incredible shape, it feels like we didn't spend nearly as much time wondering whether or not he's working out, spending the time that he is away from the team taking care of himself we we assume that he is but like we were you know ESPN every single day was covering Zeke down in Cabo doing workouts on the beach and stuff like that we weren't really doing that with Melvin Gordon but we have to assume that Melvin Gordon is hopefully taking care of himself and he's in playing shape and he's ready to go as soon as he comes back so if you have Austin Eckler, if you think you can win this week by trading away Austin Eckler in what is a prime matchup to a team that is say zero and three or a team that is one and two starting to get a little bit desperate and they know they desperately need a win, if you can find an AJ Green, a Tyreek Hill, somebody's desperate enough like and this is an zero and three type of team likely because a one and two team or a two and one team they're willing to hang on to Hill because they've got through these first few weeks. With a couple of wins or at least one win, they feel like they still feel confident in their team when they get these guys back and healthy. And we still don't know what the hell we're going to get from AJ Green, but you have to assume that AJ Green's going to come back healthy at some point this season and be a number one wide receiver. It's going to be hard to get that for a guy that's about to nosedive in value. So you got to you got to target the teams in your league that are absolutely desperate. These zero and three teams that think I got to do something now because if I go zero four, it's over already. And you're not going to find much better value than Austin Eckler going up against the Miami Bleepin' Dolphins. So there is value in moving him right now, and this seems like the more surefire report that we've had in a while on Melvin Gordon. So I think there is legitimate reason to be concerned that he's going to return this week. So I would probably be trying to do that. Uh, if I'm a Justin Jackson owner, I'm just hanging on to him and starting him this week against the Miami Dolphins and then probably dropping him once we confirm that Melvin Gordon is actually going to play in the near future for the Chargers because Justin Jackson loses absolutely all value. But Tyreek Hill, A.J. Green, those are guys that I would be targeting. A Maybe a George Kittle even. you know George Kittle's on bye this week, so that's actually... That's actually an interesting trade scenario as well. He's on bye, so he can't contribute to a team anyways this week. And George Kittle's been a little underwhelming. We still expect high production from George Kittle. He's still leading the team in targets. He's still the best offensive player on that team. But people start to panic, especially when they go 0-3. People start to panic and they, start, they feel like they have to start unloading guys and they have to start making moves Are their season's over before it even starts. George Kittle is a guy that I would look at. Maybe a Devontae Adams. Been a little underwhelming. Packers are not a high-volume passing attack anymore. Devontae Adams has struggled. Granted, the Packers have had a brutal schedule. And the schedule doesn't really get better for the Packers. They've got a uh, a nice little stretch in between where they've got some easy matchups, some gimme matchups. But it's still a brutal Brutal stretch for the Packers this year with all of those defenses in the NFC North. The Vikings are still great. The Bears are absolutely dominant. And the Detroit Lions are better than everybody thought they were going to be. I'm not going to, you know, I don't think the Detroit Lions are going to challenge the Kansas City Chiefs this weekend all that much. But that secondary, a lot better than people thought it was going to be at the beginning of the season. So that's what I'm trying to do with Austin Eckler. I am trying to move him right now. I am going for broke. And if you got to if you got to wait another two weeks on Tyreek Hill, you're getting the number one scoring fantasy wide receiver from a season ago for Austin Bleeping Eckler. I still like AJ Green to come back and be productive, and that that Cincinnati offense looks pretty well revamped. I think he can step in right away as long as he is healthy and be the number one wide receiver because John Ross. Somebody tried to trade John Ross to me this week as if John Ross is a number one wide receiver. I'm on the John Ross hype train. I love John Ross, but John Ross is not a number one wide receiver. John Ross is still a matchup-dependent wide receiver that you play in the good matchups, and you bench in the ones that aren't.
0: First
1: 15. So, yes, we do have to get to some waiver wire ads. Hopefully, most of you, your waiver wire goes into effect thursday morning that's how it is in most of my leagues i'm in one league where it did go through today um daniel jones pretty high on my list of priorities this week to be honest as a cam newton owner in multiple leagues listen i still like cam uh in certain formats i'm not dropping him but in my regular redraft leagues Go ahead and drop Cam Newton. I I held on to him one extra week just because he was my backup quarterback anyway. And, you know, him coming back, if he comes back and he's healthy, he's still Cam Newton. He's still that guy that down the stretch, barring another injury or something like that to your starter, he's still a guy that has top five upside. And as we're seeing with Kyle Allen, Panthers have a pretty good roster. Panthers have a pretty good team. Uh, Those two wide receivers, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, they're talented players. Greg Olson still solid, and CMC's a badass. But, they reported this week that he has some type of Liz Frank injury. They're hoping that it's going to avoid surgery. He's just going to rehab it over the next few weeks and kind of see what happens. I mean, this is generally a season ending foot injury. Like Generally, a Liz Frank injury requires season ending surgery. It happened to Julio Jones before. It's happened to a lot of wide receivers. I'm dropping Cam Newton. I don't think he should be on your roster because it doesn't sound good. Uh, but Before, I was a little bit more comfortable with it, but when they say Liz Frank, that gives me a lot of pause because I'm not sure that he's going to be able to come back and get that thing figured out. Saquon Barkley got hurt. High ankle sprain. He's likely going to be out for four to eight weeks. I, he could be another trade target, but based on the fact that he went you know, 1 or 2 in most of your fantasy drafts people are probably going to want to hang on to him but again, you might find that desperate 0-3 team that thinks they have to make a move right now so if they took Saquon Barkley number 1 overall and they're 0-3 right now they'll take Austin Eckler I mean, I wouldn't take Austin Eckler for Saquon Barkley I would try to stash him no matter my circumstance, but some people get desperate enough to do something like that so Wayne Gallman steps in. He's going to get an opportunity for the New York Giants in Saquon Barkley's absence. Uh, I don't think Wayne Gallman's a particularly talented player. But things are going to change with Daniel Jones, right? We don't really know what to make of everything with Daniel Jones, especially based on that performance that he really went off in that game last week when Saquon Barkley left, right? I mean, you're still adding Wayne Gallman, like you you have to, especially if you're a Saquon Barkley owner. Um, and, and you, he wasn't rostered in anybody's league because there was no reason to roster him because he's not he hasn't been a very productive player. Uh, he played at Clemson, and he's not he's not a horrible player. I'm not trying to sit here and trash Wayne Gallman. Uh, he's going to get all the opportunities because there's just not anybody else really for the Giants right now. But I'm saying that. Wayne Gallman on a bad team that is led by Daniel Jones, although he looked very good. And I am picking up Daniel Jones. Don't, don't get me wrong there. I am picking Daniel Jones up. Uh, I think that there's upside there. I'm not going to start him in my standard formats. Uh, two quarterback leagues, of course. I think he's in play. Uh, Gardner Minshew in that format is in play. But Daniel Jones, I think, is a very, very good backup quarterback. I think he is a guy that can be very productive, matchup-dependent-wise. And Evan Ingram is, man, they need Evan Ingram to stay healthy because he's about all they got. And every team's going to be <laughs> just triple-covering Evan Ingram now, so hopefully this doesn't tank his production. I think he's that type of special player that Evan Ingram could still have a very, very good year. So I like him, especially with Daniel Jones. I'm just not making Wayne Gallman my top priority. I think a lot of people probably are because you can't, you're can't. you not going to get, uh, you know, 15 to 20 touches out of most guys you find on the waiver wire heading into week four. So Wayne Gallman should be on your list of top priorities, but I'm much more interested in adding a guy like Philip Dorsett. Philip Dorsett has been very, very good. Aside from the week two game where they had Antonio Brown, of course they don't have him anymore. Philip Dorsett has three touchdowns on the season. He's caught 13 of 14 targets from Tom Brady. And It kind of seems to me like, as much as it hurts me because I have Josh Gordon in a couple leagues, I love Josh Gordon. Obviously, I think Josh Gordon's a more physically gifted player. I don't think there's that big of a difference right now between Philip Dorsett and Josh Gordon. I think that both of them are talented players who are in an offense where Tom Brady's going to spread the ball around to everybody who isn't Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman suffered a chest injury last week, but he practiced today. Patriots said that he's fine. So he's not gonna miss any time as of right now. Philip Dorset though, I think he's going to keep getting targets. He's going to keep getting volume, and he's already got three touchdowns. Like he's he's already got two more touchdowns than Josh Gordon. Philip Dorset in a one of the best offenses in the NFL. He's a guy that I'm going out and I'm adding right away, and he would be my top priority over a guy like Wayne Gallman because I just have more faith in the Patriots chances to score touchdowns than I absolutely ever will, and the Giants' chances to score touchdowns. All right, Daryl Williams had himself a game, didn't he? At over 100, uh, over 100 total yards, he looked really good. He he led the Chiefs' backfield in snaps. Obviously, he's going to be a must-out. I would add Daryl Williams, if he's available in your league, and he likely is. Uh, so uh, A savvy owner in one of my leagues actually added him right before kickoff on Sunday. Uh, when they were worried that Lashawn McCoy wasn't going to play because he was limping into the stadium and everything, um, and everybody was on the it's Darwin Thompson's breakout game. Uh, I was ever on that. I still own Darwin Thompson in one league, and I'm I'm dropping him this week because he's the Chiefs' fourth running back. Like barring catastrophic injury to Lashawn McCoy, Damian Williams, and Daryl Williams. Darwin Thompson's just not going to get much playing time this year. And uh, to be honest, I kind of saw this coming, but I was still... I kind of got sucked into the hype, but I told people a lot during training camp. Like, Darwin Thompson looks fun. He looks like a fun role player, but that pass blocking that everybody was raving about during the preseason when he was going against, you know, third stringers and fourth stringers and even second stringers, like, that's just not the same when you got to go against... Some of the top pass rushers in the NFL. Like that's just not the same when you face Chicago later on this season. You need Darwin Thompson to step up and and try to try to slow down Khalil Mack. Like it's just not the same thing when you're going against NFL starters like that. You're going against the best rushers in the league. Darwin Thompson's just not big enough. And that's not to say that he can't ever learn that, that he can't ever get better at it, because he he will. I think I think he's that type of player. I think he could have a bigger role. You know, Darren Sproles is a tiny guy. Darren Sproles isn't a horrible pass blocker. Like The reason he's been able to succeed in the NFL as a pass catching back for so long is because his ability to pass block. But it's just not something Darwin Thompson was asked to do in college enough. So he's going to get opportunities, but I don't think those opportunities are going to come this year necessarily, so I don't think he needs to be rostered in any format right now outside of a dynasty format. But Daryl Williams does. And as long as Damian Williams is hurt and he didn't practice again today, I'm recording this on Wednesday, Damian Williams did not practice again today. Lashawn McCoy did, though. Lashawn McCoy is the lead back, in my opinion. But Daryl Williams is going to continue to get more touches, and it's kind of a situation where you're probably going to have to start both of them. like Just like you probably were with Damian Williams and Lashawn McCoy, you're probably going to have to start both of them, because if Lashawn McCoy continues to be banged up, and it might be a situation where it does become a committee, because Lashawn McCoy is old, and they don't want these running backs to keep getting injured. We don't know; we have no idea when Damian Williams is coming back. Daryl Williams is going to get a hefty amount of volume, in my opinion. I think he's going to be their goal line guy, and we saw that he's more than capable in the pass catching game. I think they both have weekly value as starters in this offense, and. You, know, you just want as many shares in the Chiefs offense as possible because as I've told you multiple times, you don't play the matchups with the Chiefs. You just play them all. You just play Demarcus Robinson every week. You play Sammy Watkins every week. You play Hardman every week. You play Travis Kelsey every week. You play LaShawn and you play Daryl. And you just hope you catch the guy that goes off because the guaranteed upside of having whichever player goes off is... Is higher guaranteed upside than you're ever gonna get from any other offense in the league. So yes, I would add Daryl Williams over a Wayne Gallman this week, without a doubt. Rex Burkhead gonna be another popular ad. Sonny Michelle, man. We'll talk to him we'll talk about him in a few minutes. Rex Burkhead got a ton of work. Sonny Michelle was again brutal. I actually had Rex Burkhead in the league and I dropped him on Saturday morning to pick up another player. Uh little regret little regretful about that now, uh, based on his performance over the weekend. He was pretty good, but they didn't have James White in that game. And White will be back this week, or he's at least expected to be back. Um, I have some James White shares, so I'm kind of hoping that that Rex Burkhead drop doesn't come back to bite me. Kind of hoping that James White comes in and has a big role. But Rex Burkhead is going to be involved in this offense. And if they don't figure out what's going on with Sony Michelle, uh, he could wind up just taking away snaps from Sony Michelle. Because Sonny Michelle has been absolutely brutal. Uh, Jamal Williams, another guy that's still available in some leagues. Still legit 50-50 split. And he got more work than Aaron Jones this week. Aaron Jones did get the two touchdowns salvaging his fantasy day. But it seems like Jamal, Jamal Williams is starting to take over that backfield a little bit. And that kind of sucks for Aaron Jones owners. I do have Aaron Jones in one league. Uh, Ronald Jones, another guy. I just don't want anything to do with Tampa Bay's backfield. Ronald Jones had another good game this past week. Uh, you know, granted, it was against a bad Giants football team. Um, it's just, I stay away from backfields like that that are a little bit too volatile. But if you're desperate, Ronald Jones, if he's available, yeah, go at him. He, he's definitely worth the bench spot. And uh, Alexander Madison had a very good game as well. Dalvin Cook. They were up big most of the game. Dalvin Cook, obviously a monster. He's obviously a lead back. But if you're a Dalvin Cook owner, Alexander Madison has to be your handcuff because he's a very talented player in his own right. And if something happens to Dalvin Cook, he's going to step right in to one of the most run-heavy offenses in the NFL. They straight-up refuse to pass. Like, just straight-up refuse to pass is ruining all of the value of Stephon Diggs. Our wide receiver pickups, I already told you about Philip Dorsett. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, how he's available in leagues is mind-blowing, but he's still available in quite a few leagues. He was a popular draft pick for me. Um, I just believe in his talent more than Geronimo Allison's. And right now, he's the most productive wide receiver in Green Bay, even over Devontae Adams. He's a guy that if he is available in any format, he absolutely has to be on your roster right away. DJ Chark, been an absolute stud. He needs to be on your roster. Golden Tate. Should be coming back from suspension after this week. So he's a guy that I would go out and pick up right now because he's going to have a role in that passing offense. My guy Preston Williams with Josh Rosen. (laughs) I love Preston Williams' talent. Man, that team's so bad. But he is worth the bench spot because he is the one bright spot on that Miami Dolphins unit. And Deontay Johnson, you know I've been raving about him. He did catch a touchdown he w- had a bunch of targets. I, he was he was the most productive wide receiver outside of Juju for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, you know, people were hoping that the James Washington connection with Rudolph would pay off eventually. Uh, it has not manifested. It, j- it just hasn't manifested yet, and that's worrisome for James Washington. But Deontay Johnson's a guy that it just seems like they straight up like him more than James Washington and. To be honest, he's a really talented player. Like, uh, He's a guy that I read a lot about and watched a lot of stuff on uh, post-draft because they took him in the third round, and he's just typical Steelers type of player, like just a guy that they got incredible value on, and they're going to end up turning him into a really, really good wide receiver. So he's a guy that I want to add in a lot of leagues, especially deep ones. A uh, little worried about T.Y. Hilton dealing with a quad injury. So Paris Campbell, if he's out there, he might be a guy that you're interested in picking up. Uh, Zach Pascal did catch a touchdown last week for the Indianapolis Colts, but I'm not really ready to go out and add him. Uh, they're still running the ball a ton with Marlon, who's a little bit banged up right now, but he did break off a nice run. He had a, he wound up having a decent fantasy day the past weekend. Um, so Marlon Mack's still the workhorse there. Uh, but Paris Campbell's the one that's a little bit more intriguing to me over a Zach Pascal if T.Y. Hilton is to miss any time. And, you know, T.Y. Hilton's a warrior. He played through all kinds of injuries last season, and I expect him to try to do the same this year because that's just who he is as a player. Paris Campbell, definitely the most upside, in my opinion, though, if you're going to go out and add any Colts wide receiver. Um, Jack Doyle also increasing targets every week, starting to get the tight ends a little bit more involved, so I think... If Jack Doyle's available, I'm probably going to add him, especially if you got George Kittle on a bye this week. I want to transition to a few guys that we need to start getting kind of worried about. And one of the guys that I already mentioned was Stefan Diggs. Uh, So, Diggs has been a very popular trade candidate in a lot of my leagues, and deservedly so. Um, He had three catches for 15 yards uh, this past week. He has... Six catches on 12 targets for 101 yards through three games this season. Like that is just absolutely brutal. Like Six catches through three games for a guy that you were taking as potentially your number one or number two wide receiver. It's been rough. Um, it's going to be hard to get any type of value for a Stefan Diggs right now. I, you're not going to cut him. Um, I, I don't even think that you're going to bench him because. I barring, uh, you know, you got a guy that starts the season really hot, like a DJ Chark or you happen to get a, uh, scary Terry from Washington. Who's been an absolute monster. I could see benching him for one of those guys and just taking a shot and hoping that production continues. But I would say just keep him for right now. Like, I, I just don't think you're going to get any value by trying to move on from him because it's been so brutal and you have to assume that. Dalvin Cook's been an absolute stud. He's been absolutely incredible. Vikings want to run the ball a ton. Eventually, they're going to get in a game script where they can't. Like Eventually, they're going to get in a game script. they got to play the Chiefs later this year. They're going to find themselves eventually in a, a 24 to nothing hole where they just have to throw the football. And I have to imagine that that's going to pick up at some point. I, like it, it, it just has to, and if it doesn't, I mean, you're just never going to get value in return for him, so I think the best option for you is to just keep Stephon Diggs right now. Chris Carson, I am very, very concerned about. Chris Carson's a guy that everybody was raving about. I've never personally been a high Chris Carson guy, but people were absolutely raving about Chris Carson headed into fantasy drafts this season. I just don't trust the Seattle offensive line. I don't trust their offensive play calling. Um... It's got to be about Russ, in my mind. Not not about Chris Carson, because Chris Carson, as we know, while he's been good and he's produced for them, Chris Carson, there's nothing particularly special about his talent. And he got bailed out this week because Rashad Penny didn't play, but now there's worries that once Penny's healthy, he's going to take more work away from him. Like, And Chris Carson keeps fumbling the football. Like, He can't keep putting his team in situations where it's potentially costing them games because he keeps putting the ball on the ground. like I'd be seriously concerned about Chris Carson, and he is a guy that I would be trying to move right now, if at all possible. I just don't know, again, what type of value you're going to get for him. I might move Chris Carson for Austin Eckler because I think that Austin Eckler is might provide more weekly upside than Chris Carson will at this point, even once Melvin Gordon comes back. And if, I think if I can... Again, so one one of my favorite things to do when I'm trying to specifically find teams to target in trades is target guys on bye weeks. Like If you think that you can maneuver your way through a week and maybe squeak out a win, or even if you can afford to just eat a loss, and sometimes that's... You, know, you don't want to lose any game. You don't want to give up any game, but sometimes that's what you have to do. If you could get somebody to give you a... Tevin Coleman for Chris Carson. I think there's upside in that. Um, you know, Kyle Shanahan's probably the most frustrating head coach I've ever seen when it comes to fantasy football, even more so than Bill Belichick. I mean, what the hell is Kyle Shanahan doing? Really? For for a second, let me let me get this off. He's just Matt Breed is awesome. Matt Breed is fantastic, but he refuses to use Matt Breed as a starter because he doesn't want him to get hurt. So he's using Raheem Mostert, who is fine, and he should be called most hurt because he gets hurt all the time and he fumbles the football, and then Jeff Wilson is one of the best red zone running backs in the NFL because Matt Breida doesn't get them at all. Matt Breida does all the work to get them down the field. Then he doesn't get an opportunity to score at all. Jeff Wilson literally every time they are inside the five gets the ball and gets touchdowns. Now that gives Jeff Wilson weekly fantasy value. But I have to think that when they get Tevin Coleman back, that's going to change a little bit, and maybe it's going to turn back into, you know, Tevin Coleman, your early down guy, Breida, your change of pace guy. And maybe there's going to be a little less variance in that offense because it's super frustrating. I have to hope. Please, Kyle. Please, for the love of God, Kyle. Please, Kyle. But if you could, if you find somebody who's, you know, been stashing Tevin Coleman on their bench while he's hurt, I think I would move Chris Carson for Tevin Coleman right now. That that that's a that's a serious thought in my mind, and I think you could probably get somebody to do it. The same thing could be said about Joe Mixon, but to be honest, I don't want Joe Mixon on my team right now. And Joe Joe Mixon was a little bit better this past week against the Bills. He at least averaged four point yards per carry. Uh prior to that, week one he averaged one point seven, and then the week after that he averaged one point five. So it's been pretty brutal for Joe Mixon, and I don't see it getting any better for Joe Mixon. That's why I would target a guy like Tevin Coleman because at least that offense is on the rise. You know, like Cincinnati's passing offense has looked looked okay the first two weeks. It was it was overall it was bad, all bad last week, but the first two weeks they look like you know against passing defenses that aren't quite as dominant as the Buffalo Bills' passing defense. Those wide receivers can produce, right? And they might get A.J. Green back at some point. I just don't see it getting any better for Joe Mixon because that offensive line is one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. They've got so many injuries. I don't think there's much you can do with Joe Mixon. I would be shopping him as much as possible if I have any opportunity to do that right now. Uh, James Conner, another guy, has not really produced. Um, He's not a guy I'm quite get ready to move on from because I think that even with Mason Rudolph, even with the uncertainty of that season, it's a lost season for the Steelers, right? But they're not just going to bench James Conner. James Conner's their young running back. He's going to get the opportunities. So I'm not that worried about James Conner right now. I am worried about Sonny Michelle, as I mentioned. He's been absolutely brutal so far this season. I just don't know. Like, it's funny because a couple of weeks ago I was looking at potentially trading a Keenan Allen for Sony Michelle because I thought that Sony Michelle would figure it out. Like I still think he's a very talented player. He's super young. Patriots offense is great. He should be able to figure it out. Well, week one he was brutal in what was a plus matchup, you know, and then week two. <laughs> Against the Dolphins, he still wasn't particularly special. Against the worst run d- defense in the NFL, and then going against the Jets team, he was absolutely terrible, and Rex Burkhead wound up getting all the work because he was so brutal. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not dropping Sony Michelle, but I'm making Rex Burkhead my top priority, and I'm benching Sonny Michel until I get something from him, until I get some type of confirmation that he's going to get anything, produce an any possible way do have a pretty good Thursday night matchup this week it's not a uh, it's not quite the Texans or the Titans and the Jags sorry Eagles Packers Eagles struggling so far this year one and two Packers find themselves at 3 and 0 but in a very different way than they have in the past Aaron Rodgers has been pretty average offense as a whole has been pretty average for the Packers so far this season but their defense looks like it's straight-up dominant, right? And so I'm a little cautious about some Eagles in this game because I'm scared of that Packers defense. Their pass rush is for real. Their secondary is for real. Jair Alexander is an absolute stud. Darnell Savage is an absolute stud. Like, that Packers defense is monstrous right now. And I'm kind of scared to start any of my Eagles. Like, I, I in one league, I have Carson Wentz. And I'm picking up Daniel Jones, and I think I'm going to start Daniel Jones over Carson Wentz. No Deshaun Jackson in this game. Alshon Jeffrey is expected to play. Nelson Aguilar, of course, is going to go. They think they're going to get Dallas Goddard back, so that offense is starting to get healthy. Hopefully, that helps um, because you know Carson Wentz is a guy that you were hoping was going to get kind of back to like that MVP conversation type of player that we saw in year two, and then last year was. A injury-riddled season for the entire Eagles team. But you were hoping he was going to kind of get back to that, and it looked good early on, but it's been a struggle since then, and they find themselves at 1-2, and seriously injured still. Alshon, hopefully he is healthy. J.J. Arthega-Whiteside even is injured now, but he's expected to play. I just don't know how much I can trust this Eagles team until I see some explosion from them and see something that tells me, okay, this is an offense that can go out there and put up twenty-five to thirty points each night because it's got all the talent. Right? We raved about their talent in the offseason, but it hasn't really shown itself. And injuries have something to do with that, of course. Uh, but but there's just it, they just haven't looked good. E- even even that, like Carson Wentz has just struggled. And the offensive line has struggled. And so I think that I'm benching a lot of Eagles Eagles tomorrow. Like Nelson Aguilar, you know, he, he dropped some passes last week. He had a fumble. He's he salvaged the day with two touchdowns. But I still don't trust him. He's always dropped passes. I don't trust that Alshon's actually gonna play an entire game because he hasn't done that in a couple of years. Like I'm staying away from the Eagles on Thursday night football this week. I know I was just dogging Aaron Rodgers, but this is the best matchup he's had all year. Like Aaron Rodgers isn't going to get many better matchups than this Eagles matchup because their secondary is absolutely brutal. Like we know the Miami Dolphins are one of the worst defenses in the NFL. The the Eagles secondary is like right there with the Dolphins secondary for how brutal it's been all season and I don't see it getting any better anytime soon. Uh they are going to get a little bit of help to their pass rush. Uh, Some of those injuries, those guys are expected to play. So I love Aaron Rodgers in this matchup. I love Devontae Adams to get right. He's a guy that people are starting to panic on. I don't think you need to. Uh, He's still Devontae Adams. He's just started the season kind of slow. I think he's going to turn around and be just fine. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is a guy absolutely in my lineup. He's been the best fantasy wide receiver for the Packers so far this season. And Geronimo Allison might be a guy you can take a flyer on this week, to be completely honest. Going against, considering how brutal the Eagles secondary is, I think I'd take a chance on a guy like Geronimo Allison this week. He's got limited upside, but the Eagles, it's just, you could take the top off the Eagles at any given moment. And that, that's that's Allison's game. He's not going to get a ton of targets. He's not going to get a bunch of volume. Valdez Scantling is going to be the guy that, that can really stretch the field. But Geronimo Allison might get some looks while they're trying to overcompensate for Devontae Adams and Geronimo Allison. Um, as far as their running backs go, Eagles' run defense is actually still pretty good. So I think I'm staying away from Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams this week in fantasy football because... They're in a legitimate timeshare, and I don't want any part of it, to be completely honest. And that's the one thing the Eagles defense has done good this year is stop, stop the running game. So load up on those Packers pass catchers for Thursday night football. Stay away from the run. I will talk to you guys on Sunday. Uh, maybe we'll answer some questions from Josh Vernier's wedding on Saturday. We'll try to answer some fantasy lineup questions. But if not, I will talk to you guys Sunday, 9 a.m. on 610 Sports Radio.